0: Welcome to Music Nerds Unite. This is Scott Floman again with my brother Keith Floman and our buddy Larry Waldman. We're starting a new tournament with this episode, but we're sort of continuing the theme of our last tournament, where we picked the greatest rock album from 2000 to 2019. We're going to cover the same time period, but rather than an album tournament, we're going to do a song tournament. The way we did this is we picked 32 songs each. One song maximum per artist, and the artist couldn't have appeared in our recent Greatest Album Tournament, since we already played and talked about all those songs. So no Radiohead, no Wilco, no Arcade Fire, and so on. If a song appeared in two of our lists, it was automatically in, which I think gave us 12 songs. Then we picked 10 songs from each other's list. For example, Keith and Larry picked 10 songs from my list. If they both agreed on a song, it was also added to the list. This gave us 33 songs. And then we added one ad hoc song apiece, which were added as the last three seeds for a total of 36 songs. We then seeded all the songs based on Best Ever Albums website, much like we did uh, for our earlier album tournament from the 60s through the 90s. So this episode will be the playing round, seeds 29 through 36. And I have to say, you know, at the end of our last tournament, I mentioned how we were all pretty sure all along which album would win the tournament. I think we're all in agreement that none of us have any idea which song is going to win this tournament. So without further ado,
1: we're going to hit the uh, the matchups here. Hey, Scott, you want to you want to comment on the song that we heard to intro this episode? So since... uh, that's a good point.
0: So. So that was the rip by Portishead, and so what we're going to do for the intro songs for for each episode is, is pick a song that was nominated, but that didn't make the final list. And and the rip certainly is worthy of making uh, the list, but I think there was a a question, the whole is it really a rock song thing kind of maybe kept it out, but a phenomenal song. Uh,
2: there was at least a question from one person in that out of the three of
1: us. Yeah, but that one person voted for it.
2: <laughs> that is true uh,
1: i'm not sure how that happened but uh,
0: yeah, was, uh pretty impressive vocal there by Beth Gibbons. and uh and Porter said the dummy could have been in our album tournament like we talked about and even, and even third as well it's a great album um, back to this tournament we're, we're going to start with the, the number 29 seed frightened rabbit keep yourself warm from 2008 And then it's going up against number 36, Iron and Wine, Boy with a Coin from 2007. And that was one of Larry's ad hoc picks. frightened rabbit keep yourself warm it's going up against iron and wine boy with a coin all right we'll start with frightened rabbit uh which is the was the main project uh from scott Hutchison. uh right away uh i don't know if we heard it but you, there's kind of a church organ at the beginning that that kind of get those feels going right away um you know it's highly quotable and, and i'm paraphrasing no you won't find love in a hole it takes more than fucking someone to keep yourself warm and that's kind of repeated throughout, which is, it's pretty graphic, but but kind of profound in its own way, if you think about it deeper. Uh, the song is, is very affecting. And then the ending, you know, which you heard, it just gets totally epic and uh, it builds beautifully. Uh, I really like the layered vocals, uh, the drums sound great. And, and knowing what happened later, you know, with Hutchinson committing suicide, sadly, in 2018, you know it just makes the song that much more moving and uh you know the vocals are definitely emo in nature you know but i hear you too with the guitars and the in the build-ups as well uh, as for iron and wine uh, they're a project led by sam beam uh, one of those bearded folk dudes we talked about previously though iron and wine actually preceded Bone Iver, who we, we talked about a lot previously Uh, His first two albums, uh, The Creek Drank the Cradle in 2002 and Our Endless Numbered Days uh, in 2004, they're very strict down and and are much more folk albums. The third Iron and Wine album, The Shepherd's Dog from 2007, you know, that had a fuller sound which which I prefer overall and that's the song where this album uh, originated Uh, and I really like the acoustic guitar picking and and the creative percussion on the song, it, it kind of is, is very cool, has a very cool sound. Um, the harmonies are really nice as well, and, and overall it just it has a very enticingly moody atmosphere and it's, it's pretty catchy as well, uh, so just a really good, good tune, obviously a lot more subtle than the Frightened Rabbit song. Uh, so uh, you know, I guess that's really the difference for me, uh, why this is an easy call for me, uh, the the Frightened Rabbit song just hits me much harder. Um, you know, there's something about listening to a song by a guy who died, you know, especially given the way he died, that makes a song that much more affecting, fair or not, you know. and But even without the backstory, it's just a great emotionally charged song. Uh, I really like the Ar- Iron and Wine song as well, you know, but I absolutely love the Frightened Rabbit song, so I, I have that winning this matchup. On to you guys.
2: Well, I, I picked the Iron and Wine song, so I, obviously I would vote for it. But I have to admit that this is one of those where the matchup probably doesn't really favor it too well because there is such a contrast between the two songs. Um, Iron and Wine in general, Boy With a Coin specifically, is much more of a subtle, deeper um you know, listen. Then I think "Frightened Fright Rabbit" sort of hits you right in the face with it. I think the first time I ever heard it was only a few weeks ago. Uh, with a now maybe more than that, maybe a little, maybe a couple months ago when Keith sent it to us. But he sent a live version, which was pretty epic, and and it definitely hits really hard. Um, I I fell in love with um, Shepherd's Dog when it first came out. I don't remember exactly how I I found it, but it was part of that as scott referred to sort of like an indie folk revival or indie folk um generation same time as boni ver also reminds me a little bit of um ockerville river a little bit of fleet foxes my morning jacket like the whole all i know they're all very different bands and some of them are a little bit more jammy than others but there was a whole slew of bands that came out in that m- mid to late 2000s that i, I always associate together as i discovered them all around the same time and That was one of the reasons why i wanted to pick this i think this is a phenomenal album i think actually it is better i for me it's my favorite out of the the four like main ones i think the first two are a little bit more stripped down folky and then the um the last one uh kiss yourself clean i i don't know i i think it actually was either like a number one or number two album when it first came out but it just doesn't doesn't resonate quite the same way for me maybe because at that point i moved on to some other things so if you are gonna if you did like it i would definitely or if you like boney vera i would definitely recommend starting with shepherd's dog
0: i agree with you i think that's my favorite iron and wine album as well um and yeah they all have long beards maybe that's that's another it, thing, it is we, the we thing keep yeah. coming back to uh they did some albums with calexico as well mm-hmm. uh, an interesting band on their own um with kind of a uh a spanish flavor in the uh Yep, all kind of a
2: there. of a song that we're going to be playing later on in the tournament too, but uh, we'll hold on to that for a while.
0: All right, sounds good. Keith, take it away.
2: Tell us uh, how awesome Frightened Rabbit is.
1: Well, I, I have uh, "Boy with a Coin" losing to "Love Song of the Buzzard," um, just within within Iron and Wine on the same album. Um, so that gives, which which again, I, it's a, it is a great album. I got into it back when it came out and. You know the early 2000s and i agree there was sort of like this um you know awakening of you know old folk at, you know at the time um that was where okay. iron wine was one of the represent representers of that type of um you know soft gin probably fall and you know, i would say such chin falls into the category of sort of softer um yeah, like, you know, all turn in the fall. fall. Term, in the fall. Yeah. Scott Hutchinson is is authentic, clearly authentic in his, you know, in his um, sort of despair that comes through in his music. Um, you know, obviously in, in hindsight, but when you look at his body of work and you look at some of his performances, you know, online, it is like, it's, it's like punching you in the face, like get some, right? Like you want him, you want him to get help and you know it's too late Um, and there's sort of a tragic nature to that Um, but but the song keep yourself warm is just to me it's spectacular like it's it's everything that music is meant to meant to be right it's projecting emotion it's it's vulnerability it's you know like and then it you know it crushes you know it's it it has those you know high points where it bring it brings you on this emotional roller coaster so yeah for me this one um, is an easy is an easy pick because of you know just the where I where frightened rabbit takes you in this song um, it's just it's aspiring like you, know, you talk about this right it's aspiring to be a bigger. A heavier hitting song, certainly than the Iron and Wine song, but it also delivers on what it's sort of reaching for. Um, and Larry mentioned the clip that I had, the the, the live YouTube clip that I um, circulated to this group. I recommend checking it out because it's it's Scott Hutchinson playing in a very small um, club in Scotland, and he, they're a Scottish a Scottish band, but it's. Um, fighting rabbit Scott Hutchinson, it's slow fest 2012. And it's just, it's just a, such an intimate performance where the entire, you know, it's basically a bar, right? And the entire bar is you know, singing lyric for lyric, like literally every single person in there. Um, You know, he's a local and um, it just is this very touching moment where you know, you've got artists and um, an audience completely t- together in line and in a way that's sort of beautiful, um, but also in the end, you know, sort of tragic in that, you know, he, he didn't feel, he never got the complete, you know, he wasn't able to sort of overcome whatever demons he had. So anyway, Fright Rabbit moves on.
0: Yeah, and that clip was, was amazing, and, and that's why you go to live shows is, is for that kind of connection, right? And it's so rare right. to, to get it on that level. I think they're both great songs. I think the ambition in the frightened rabbit song uh, gave it a clear edge, you know, from the get-go. It was, uh, the, but the you know yeah. I do want to say the iron wine song is great for what
1: it is. It's just uh, right. it doesn't reach as high. So, but um, I just I just add the the um, the live version is strictly acoustic right so it doesn't have the same you know it's it's not this big so th- this big ending that uh um, you, you have on the line no that's my point is that it, it works just as well stripped down as it does as it does with a full full band behind them so it's another sort of um you know stamp and why it's such a good song
0: yeah, they, that's what they say. That you, you strip a song down to its basics, and if it's still still good, it, that really shows the quality of the song. But anyway, we're we're gonna head on to mashup number two. Uh, we have the number 30 seed Tedeschi Trucks Band, Midnight in Harlem from 2011, versus the number 35 seed James Vincent McMorrow, If I Had a vote from 2010. United Harlem is going up against uh, James Vincent McMorrow with If I Had a Boat. good stuff uh first we'll talk about uh the tedesky trucks band uh they're a husband wife team and larry you'll appreciate this i first heard uh susan tedesky via the new york college radio station wfuv which i know larry's a big fan of and
2: fan of yeah
0: and of course derek replaced dickie betts in the allman brothers band on uh I believe hitting a note in 2003, I think it was, and, and then there was also a great live album, One Way Out, I think in 2004. So you had him and Warren Haynes, great guitar tandem, and, and those are some late period Allman Brothers uh, gems. Uh, so, FYI, check those out. The Tedeschi Trucks Band, they, they're a huge band. They, I think they have like 11 members, you know, including two drummers, keyboarders, horns. Uh, several backing vocalists uh, and the way I would describe uh, describe the band is uh, basically picture the Allman Brothers band fronted by a bluesier, bigger voice more rough voiced Bonnie Raitt I mean that, that's kind of what they sound like to me uh, and uh, they have a very warm and organic sound which you heard with that clip uh, you know these are real musicians playing traditional rock music this is essentially classic rock by, by a modern band who, who happen to be one of the best live bands around today, but who make very solid studio albums as well. Uh, to me, Midnight in Harlem is their best song. It has a beautiful melody, the great Susan vocal, and it's topped off by one of the best guitar solos of the 2010s, by one of the best guitar players in the world, with Derek Trucks. Uh, he's just a sly guitar magician, you know, a la Dwayne Allman. Uh, there's definitely a kindred spirit connection there. So. Uh, great stuff uh, one of my personal favorite songs in, in recent years uh james vincent mcmorrow if i had a boat i have to admit i never heard the song before today you know keith uh, got it, <laughs> sprung it up on us uh this was a keith ad hoc pick that wasn't even in his original 32 picks it was a late entry because i guess he wished he had included it in his original 32 and this is a makeup uh, the song reminds me of a mellow My Morning Jacket and, and by extension the Fleet Foxes. Uh, I hear maybe some Jeff Buckley as well. It's it, it's a very atmospheric song with uh, with really good vocals. Uh, very good song. Uh, you know, I wish the ending, uh, you know, where it gets more intense, which, which stretched out a bit more. I think the song had potential to be even more epic, uh, you know, but that's kind of nitpicky because it is a very uh, it's a really nice song. Uh, but to me it, it just doesn't have the high points or the overall magic of the tedeschi Trucks Band song uh which is seriously under here in my opinion uh according to bea but so uh although i i appreciate this new fine keith nice nice pick uh to me this was an easy call for tedeschi trucks
2: um i don't know if it was so easy for me as well especially because i i only heard if i had a boat about 25 minutes ago, half an hour ago. Um, but my first words to Keith when I heard it, because we were already starting, was, How have I never heard this song before? Because it was really amazing. It, it definitely reminds me of Robin Pecknell and, and Fleet Foxes a lot. There's got that same kind of vibe, same kind of vocals. Does he have um, a be- He doesn't have a beard, though. I think he does mm-hmm. have a beard. I mean, you have he must one. have had a beard at some point in his life. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. obef- yeah, no, he Yeah, he has a beard. He has
1: yeah, he's a beard. got a beard. I should have
2: Yeah, and Robin Pecknell definitely has a beard. I mean, unless they've shaved recently, they definitely have beards. Um, <laughs> I I kind of wish that I had had more time with the song and I had heard it more because it does, um, it does make it a little bit more challenging when I've heard and and loved that trucks like like for years and years it's a little bit different right it's like i literally <laughs> have only heard the song twice now or once and a half and it's going against something that i've heard quite a lot so yeah i mean it if i had more time with this i probably would like it better it does make a nice interesting contrast with the uh, iron and wine that would have been a really good matchup although this is a good matchup as well um i do agree just got there way under seated so they've, they've got to move on they're also playing like five nights at the beacon guys i think we should go
0: yeah, they're great live. I saw yeah. them at the Beacon, actually. Yeah. I've,
2: I've never seen them live, but I really want to because I, I do think as great as they are, they, they're—I know that they're better live. Like I. I yeah, just,
0: like the two drummers live are amazing. Yeah. You know, you, you think you think <laughs> of the guitar playing, which is obviously phenomenal, but the drummers are amazing too. Yeah. 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 So
2: we could we could find one night they're playing like five or six shows at the Beacon, so.
0: Which is t- taking that tradition of the Allman Brothers because exactly. they do the same thing. Yeah.
1: Yep. So I threw I threw this song in at the last minute because I do I do sort of like introducing you know songs that are sort of on the periphery but that are um, that I think will
0: um, let me interrupt for a second. In in fairness, he had he wanted to do a different song and I rejected. (laughs) (laughs) That is
2: true. That is true.
1: Um, And I. And I, you know, and and I had songs from the original 32 that I thought, you know, I could throw in there and, and could have probably, um, you know, maybe gotten some Larry support against uh, Midnight at Harlem. But but I listened. I, I was listening to sort of my my playlist of, of potential songs, and this came on today, and it just like it really, um, it has. It packs a punch right again and for me that sort of you know if that if i get that out of music out of a song then it just gets elevated and um for me and and then this song just when you get to the end of the song you just feel like you feel that emotion and you like it, it just has that build um where you're almost you know it, it just it draws a lot of emotion out of you when you get to the end it's like one of those exhausting rides where when it's over you like you know breathe a, a sigh. where midnight in harlem is beautiful right it's a beautiful song it's like it's a perfect song for what it's for it you know in its in its lane right it's um it right. Her vocals are spectacular the guitar is you know, amazing, it, it, it holds together, you know, like, right, it's, it, it's two sort of brilliant musicians, you know, operating in their in their lane and doing it great. Um, if I had a vote to me, again, for me, gets to, uh, to a higher emotional place. And I, I probably would have picked it if I had a vote in this. <laughs> But, but I also love, you know, I have no qualms with it at all because it is a, you know, it's a beautiful song.
0: Yeah, I think that's a song, both of these are songs that I think our wives would actually like. Uh, You know, they're not just, uh, you know, they're mellow, but they're beautiful and they're, uh, you know, their their tastes run much mellower than ours on the whole, which is why I say that. Yeah. Um, if,
2: if to me to me is, if I had been to... listening to death metal yesterday when I was actually listening,
0: yeah and to be fair I didn't actually reject the song Keith uh, suggested I just kind of let it be known I wasn't overly impressed and I didn't think it was a rock song so he could have picked <laughs> it but I think he knew the the cards were stacked against him if he did pick it so he went with something else
2: I think we lost Keith while we while we um while we lost Keith I also since we're on the genre want to throw in a, a plug for the band um, Big Red Machine, which is a duo of Justin Vernon from Bon Iver and Aaron Desner from The National, but very much in the indie folk realm. So if you liked Iron and Wine, if you liked, um, you know, James Vincent McMorrow, I think that would probably be something that you would like. It also just they just came out with their second album like th- two weeks ago, maybe a week and a half ago. Um, it's got some great uh, guest vocals by Fleet Foxes, Taylor Swift, um, and Ace Mitchell. Some really good artists. So. Same same genre, probably also yeah. very nerdy as well.
1: <laughs> well. Part of the reason I just wanted to add, part of the reason why I picked "If I Had a Boat" is because I do think it's sort of an unimpeachable song, right? It it's hard not to like it from the from the very beginning. You know, the first time you hear it, it's a, it there's an immediacy to it. Um, there's a, you know, the vocals yeah, I are that. I mean, like the I said, vocals are great,
2: was, great. And from the first couple of t- like bars that I heard, I was like, how have I not yeah. heard this song before? It's awesome. Yeah.
1: Put it this way.
0: We've, Larry and I have heard this song like twice, and we're not like suggesting it doesn't belong, right? It's yeah. just after basically, you know, maybe in fairness to it, if like Larry said, if, if we were, we had more time with it, maybe, maybe it would have had more of a chance. But in any event, it's going down. Tadeski Trucks is moving on. And we're on to our third matchup, and this is a good one. It's uh, We're on to the hard rock portion of this episode. Number 31, Soundgarden, A Thousand Days Before from 2011, versus number 34, System of a Down, Chop Suey from 2001. Gardens a thousand days before is going up against system of the downs chop suey. said before, this is an epic hard rock mashup. First up Soundgarden. First of all, Chris Cornell was a god and Soundgarden was an awesome band. That epic scream which we played gives me the chills every time and it showed that Cornell had killer pipes long after Soundgarden's 90s heyday. Their 2011 album, uh, comeback album, King Animal was very good and this song which shows the influence of Zeppelin and Psychedelia, is easily my favorite song from it. After the last Soundgarden album, Down on the Upside in 1996, Cornell kept busy with Audio Slave in his solo career. And of course, drummer Matt Cameron has been in Pearl Jam for the last 20 or so years. But bassist Ben Shepard and guitarist Kim Thiel basically disappeared for 15 years. And the fact that Soundgarden came back with such a strong effort is really a testament to that great band chemistry and then it's just a great song uh, as for chop suey uh this was my ad hoc pick and it was in my original 32 as well it has a, a very high 90 rating on bea but we had to put it as a low seed since it's an ad hoc pick and, and therefore it had to be among the lowest three seeds uh system of the down were unfortunately lumped in with a much maligned new metal scene uh but there are you know they transcended that because they are a highly respected band, uh, regardless. Uh, nevertheless, uh, the song is known for its frenetic, insane drums and riffs, but the best parts are the slower, more atmospheric and dramatic vocal parts. Uh, the vocals on this song are fantastic, both lead and harmony vocals. In particular, that why have you forsaken me section? Man, that gets to me every time. It's just so emotional. The song is heavy as hell, but melodic as well. And it's just a classic hard rock slash metal tune, period. I'd also like to shout out an honorable mention for the song Toxicity, which is amazing as well. Ultimately, though I love both of these songs, the system of a down song is more famous, and as a result, is more iconic. I also think it will have more weight with Larry and Keith and maybe moving forward in future matchups. So my pick is Chop Suey here with all due respect to Soundgarden the, and the great Chris Cornell.
2: I I think <laughs> System of Downs is kind of a, an odd band because they are better than I think their rep probably leads one to believe. They, they also had the unfortunate challenge with, with some other albums we've talked about in the tournament of this album being released right before September 11th. And it it was Chop Sue was banned uh, in some radio stations because it felt that it was inappropriate and bad in bad timing of taste to to play it. Um, but also, they're they're very much an acquired taste. And I think you know if we were talking about this as an album, I don't know if Toxicity is such an amazing album. I think uh, it's it's got some great high points. I, I just don't. It's it's not an album I go back to very often. Um, I, even Chop Sue, I probably hadn't listened to it like you know i hadn't sought it out in a really long time um and and honestly sorry go ahead
0: i think the two songs i mentioned are by far the best songs on the album so overall i agree with
2: that yeah it's not it's just and and i don't know it's there's just something about it i there's i do think the 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 lyrics are really interesting i think the vocals are great the instrumentation is really good but again it's it's definitely an acquired taste it's not it's not even like it's like death metal. Like we're going to get to some, some bands that we have coming up later on in this tournament where you either really like it or you don't, but the, even people I think who liked like new metal or liked like, you know, hard rock kind of had issues with system of a down. I don't know what it was. There was just something polarizing about them. I, I, I don't know what it was anyway. Um, having said all of that, I, had not really heard this Soundgarden um, album. I know. I know Scott has raved about it. I don't even know if I've I've heard the whole thing. I've only listened to the song a couple of times. It's a great song. It just doesn't rise to the level of some of the other stuff that Chris Cornell did in the '90s. So for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Chop Suey. Although I'm gonna say like slightly reluctantly because even that it's just it doesn't it doesn't really resonate with me quite as much. But it just resonates a little bit more then the Soundgarden song. And we're we're gonna we're gonna strike Scott's comment
1: about fame playing a role in what songs move forward here because you know, as music nerds we're we're all about the music and the fame part really isn't the consideration. So I know Scott that was a slip up a little bit in your in your comment in your commentary. Please please, please forgive me. Edit it out. Make, make it look good. And I, but now I'll, I'll do my own faux um, pas. And, you know, we talked about System of the Down sort of being lumped into the, uh, you know, the new metal genre, fair or unfair, and probably unfair in, in a sense. But, but maybe they sort of um, a little bit benefited from, you know, what was happening sort of with, you know, popular music at that time, which included, you know, new metal being. You know, at the at the forefront so while they you know they were tarnished by it later on they probably had some additional fame because you know of how it was sort of happening what was happening with music at, at that time but so i want i wanted to give a shout out to because it's another song within the same sort of under the same umbrella which is in the end by Linkin Park, which I think all of us would be would be banging our heads to if it was if it was on. And it's sort of one of those anthemic, certainly, you know, one of the anthemic songs of the 2000s that we didn't that we didn't pick. Fair, or unfair, and I, you know, it's one of those songs where if it was on, I'd probably, um, you know, it's, it's one of those songs that, that is it's like you know that that has a largeness to it um that none of us none of us picked and i think i said that I think I sent a text to you guys, will I be
0: terminally uncool if I pick Lincoln Park? Well, and th- that's the th-
2: yeah, and you did. And, and that's the thing I was going to say is that, like, despite the fact that you're totally right, that if they played, in the end, all three of us would be banging our heads, I don't think any of the three of us would be, would have put that up there because we'd be like, we're going to lose our serious music Yeah, you can't be art. a music nerd, right? No, yeah. no, you can't, you can't, you can't, like, it's like it's a but privately, it it's but privately
1: it probably would win the tournament. <laughs> yeah. It does deserve a shout out at the very least. Totally, it deserves a shout out, and so yeah, my vote doesn't matter here since you guys have already decided. And um, I, I was going to go just with that too, um, probably more definitively than Larry here. Um, but Soundgarden, it's a great. It is a great Soundgarden song, and it it's a great Soundgarden song irrespective of what year it would have. It, it came out right it was you know a later Cornell song and but his vocals are still you know it could have been 19 you know early 1990s if you listened to it you wouldn't necessarily pin it to, um, to earlier or later sound on it and it is great it's a great song and you know I probably, you know I didn't wasn't high on my radar for this for this tournament but um certainly you know, it's a worthy listen um but system of down is just to me you know it's a it's a it's an iconic song um that really that does sort of you know enthrall you in it when for me you know it it, there's an immediacy to it it's heavy as hell but it's it has its melodic parts, and um, and in the end, that's what matters.
2: <laughs> all right, wait now. Now, Scott, being the uh, being the judge of all rock, if one if Keith or I had had nominated "Numb," but the the "Numb" encore version with Jay Z, would you've rejected it? <laughs> well, no live versions, right? That was that was the, the, no. There's a, there's a, I think there's a, there's a studio version too. The live version, but yeah, there's a studio version too
0: i i think this is a jay-z free zone all right all right. So, <laughs>
2: what of it. all right
0: all right this this last matchup is very intriguing because we got quite a contrast here we have number 32 capital cities with safe and sound from 2013 uh, which was a monster hit versus number 33 spiritual beggars escaping the fools from 2000 which was not a monster hit <laughs>
3: I could lift you up I could show you what you wanna see And take you where you wanna be You could be my luck Even if the sky is falling down I know that we'll be safe and sound
2: I think we need to point out that this was Keith's pick because, you know, being the synth pop person, it should have been my pick, right? But it wasn't, It's was Keith. Well, what does it have, Larry? Oh, it's got fucking horns, dude. Fucking horns! There you
0: go. This song that it's up against does not have horns. Spiritual beggars escaping the fools. Because they're so different, right? We'll, we'll start with Capital City, Safe and Sound. You know, th- this is a damn near perfect commercial dance pop song, period. Uh, you know, we could debate on how rock it is, but, but it's a great song. For one thing, you know, it's insanely catchy. You know, those rhythms make it mandatory to tap your toes, get up and dance. I love the horns, as these guys already pointed out. And you know, frankly, this song is woefully underrated on BEA. It's like a seventy-eight. It should be like a ninety, in my opinion. It's a, uh, it's a fantastic song. Uh, the spiritual beggar song. Uh, I think I originally discovered via uh, one of heavy metal writer Martin Popoff's books. Uh, I think I think I did. I think I turned you onto it. You turned me onto it.
1: Yeah, I think it was me. I don't think so. But anyway, because sure. no, <laughs> so Spir- Spiritual Beggars was a, an offshoot well one of the the guitarists from Carcass which an is art a death enemy. yeah, yeah. the death, death metal band that I that I had some they have some great albums from the early 90s um, he was behind Spiritual Beggars and sort of yeah that, that that's how I I discovered it through that sort
2: of mm um chain that's not
0: my recollection but it's very possible um, nothing
2: like nothing like ending an episode with a floeman brothers musical nerd flex off <laughs>
0: <laughs> michael amott
2: that's that's who it is uh,
0: also in the band carnage for those who are curious in uh in hearing more from him uh and the song is 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 slow seated just because of its obscurity. I think it only had one rating on BEA. So it's almost like it's unrated, right? I think it would be rated much higher if if more people were aware of it. Uh the, yeah,
1: the album the album is a great album too. It's not just yeah, like, it, it won wand, one it wand, it, it, wander it. from them.
2: And after you guys after you guys put this um on the list, I, I listen I listened to it and then I listened to the Album and then I started looking at it on Rate Your Music, and the comments on Rate Your Music are fucking hilarious. It is such a polarizing album. I'll have to, I'll after we're going have to dig some of that up. Yes yeah, so, they're so good. Uh, I think you could label
0: parts of this song grunge is and stone and rock uh, a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna the, quote the text that Larry that he sent me. You uh, sent both of us uh, listening to Escaping the Fools. Wasn't into it till the end. The end is awesome. So, <laughs> <end> is epic. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of nailed it because, uh, you know, the, I like the song's chorus, but you, the verses, while hard rocking, are, are a little bit more pedestrian overall. It's it's really the epic extended, you know, outro solo that, that makes the song. And, uh, yeah, I know, you know, I was air guitaring there at the end. I think you guys may have been too. I can't can't see. But, uh, uh so it's just phenomenal uh phenomenal guitar solo there and just a little plug it this song and the guitar solo are in my greatest underrated guitar solos book now available on amazon.com as is the tetevsky Trucks song by the way I, now that i think about it uh so just an epic uh last couple minutes there just phenomenal i i play it a lot I, you know but this is again one of those tough matchups because the both songs are so great and they're so different you know when the, when the capital city song was popular you know almost 10 years ago i played it constantly you know it's such so a catchy song I, I i i played it nonstop and and i still love it you know but but it doesn't get me pumped up like the spiritual beggar song does it's not epic like the spiritual beggar song so so even though i love both songs i think that they're both great at what they do I'm going with the far more obscure, but in my opinion, more exciting, escaping the fools. So I'm curious
2: what you guys think. Well, I mean, you heard my quote when I first, like when I first was listening to it and I sent it to you guys. Part of the reason I, I wasn't that into the beginning is that it is, it is a little like the beginning of It's a little pedestrian, almost like 70s hard rock that I've heard like hundreds of times. You know? yeah. like, so it just, it didn't really do anything. And then the end is so much better you know, I kind of wish, like, the whole song was, like, the end. But in the end is so much better. And, again, when I started looking, going down, like, the Rate Your Music rabbit hole, reading some comments, that's what people say. Like, this, the first guy, the first comment says, In my humble opinion, Deep Purple, Uriah Heap, and even Led Zeppelin were high, hugely successful, mostly by luck, being in the right place at the right time. Most of their songs were not that good. But doing something... Weird, to- so let's just count anything else. no, wait, wait. You got to get to the next part, though. This guy goes... The band this band writes music that in, in my opinion is much better, much catchier, much more listening. Then you get to the the next guy who goes, Pretty lame biker cock rock. Don't be fooled by the stoner rock tag. <laughs> and that's that's pretty much how it goes. Back and forth, people back and forth. And that's kind of how I felt. Like in the beginning, I'm like, okay, it's kind of like lame-ish, you know, 70-ish sort of sounding rock. And then the end is really epic. Now, as the, you know, I feel like as the the resonant um, synth-pop fan, I, I feel like I do have to throw my vote in for, for Capital Cities, only because everything you said I agree with, Scott. When it came out, it's super catchy. It was kind of inescapable. It's a super happy song, you know? Considering especially that so many, so a lot of the songs on this particular podcast are kind of depressing, and at least two people that I can remember have uh, committed suicide and out of the eight songs we've had. And, and you know... Especially trucks, I think. Didn't they have like their their flautist die of a heart attack like the day that one of their albums released? I mean, pretty depressing. We need some little little bit of happiness, a little bit of peppiness. So I'm going to go Capital Cities, even though I do think the end of this song is pretty fucking epic, and I will definitely put it into my rotation going forward.
1: And don't forget Chop Suey. talks about suicide as well. So right, four I
2: mean,
1: songs. That's, that's
2: the reason it's called Chop Suey is because it couldn't be called suicide. <laughs> they had to change it. They had to like. They had to change the name because people were their label didn't like it. So don't forget the exclamation point at the end. Yeah, that's big. <laughs> All
1: right. So now I, I gotta pick between the synth pop song with horns and the metal song. Yeah with the goat horns, but no actual horns. Yeah. Um the and- the, the,
0: the song that you turned me on
1: to, apparently. <laughs> well i i do i i do go way back with spiritual beggars so that i like whether you know to, um and you know it's it's a heavy it's a heavy song um and capital cities is just you know it's it's like perfect a perfect pop song right it's <laughs> um' Put at a party it's, and it's like like playing dancing it's, queen everyone's it's, gonna it's, run to the dance floor and dance and yeah exactly it's like it's saccharine you know it's it's sugar yeah. right it it gives you immediate It's there's an immediate smile like it goes on your face yeah. when you hear it that's, just to begin the, like
2: the song you know
1: it it is um and you know safe and sound is a song that you you can't not like um i was I was listening to it um in the car today um with my twelve year old Rebecca and I was listening to it for the tournament and lo and behold Rebecca is singing you know the song in the car with me and you know how could I not vote for it <laughs> when, That's when, what when was one unfair. of the when one of the songs that we are, well, we have in our tournament,
3: you in know, fairness, did, you, just, did
1: you play Spiritual Beggars in the car? Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, I'm pretty sure she would have said turn, turn, yeah, put on yeah. something else. So um, I do think um, Capitals, it, again, it's just one of the, it's almost like you can't have the Millennium tournament without safe and sound in it just because it's such a perfect song for you know the these um for the 2000s um i can't there are many songs that better to me that better represent this era than than safe and sound um and you know it's not from a big ba- you know from a big band but the song itself just has such a um you know a uni- universal, unanimous, you know, sound to it that you know, w- no matter what t- genre you're into, you're gonna like Safe and Sound. <laughs> and, um, and for that reason, if you don't like
0: Safe and Sound, we, we have serious questions we, about. You.
1: Exactly, you, you're not a, you're not a good person. Uh, <laughs> if that's the case. Uh, so, Safe and Sound is gonna move on. Uh, move on. Again. I, I could live with that. I could live with that.
0: Love it. Um, uh, we ready for a recap any any uh right. random thoughts we're gonna all right so uh we had the matchups here we had number 29 frightened rabbit with keep yourself warm beat uh number 36 iron and wine boy with a coin um two really good songs we had uh number 30 to desky truck midnight in harlem uh beat uh James Vincent McMarrell's if I had a boat, but uh Larry and I both appreciate uh this new discovery from Keith. Uh then we had number 31 uh Soundgarden a thousand days before lost to uh the winner of this matchup is the number 34 seed system of the down uh Suey from uh 2001. and again that would have been a much higher seed if we uh, if we did use the BEA system if it wasn't uh, one of our three ad hoc picks, uh, and then we had number thirty two Capital City safe and sound, uh, beat uh, Spiritual Beggars Escaping the Fools, which uh, you definitely should check out if uh, if you're not familiar with. Uh, so that's it for this uh, episode. Uh, we're going to continue this tournament uh, hopefully soon and uh, have a good night, everybody. Night, bye